No one is more hated than he who speaks the truth. Plato. You know, I was raised as most people. If you're good, you go to heaven. If you're bad, you go to hell. Have you ever noticed that a funeral, a person's always in heaven? Hmm. Don't you think that if they're going to threaten us with hell, that every once in a while, the preacher would say, we're burying this guy with a fire extinguisher. Then I would think, Hey, I better straighten up. Oh my God. It's a good joke. It's a great joke, you think. But I need you to stop anyway. Modern Problems, the podcast heard around the world. Yeah! You've never been to heaven, have you? Shit, but I'm cold every season. No, he got that pipe, let him bust it till it's leaking. Booty like a pillow, he could use it while he's sleeping. Look, don't be going through my phone, cause that's the old me. Ain't the only one trying to be my one and only. Real thick, moving slow, that body like Codeine. He a player, but for making it, cutting the whole team. That body, looking nice. I got cake and I know he wanna slice. I wish a nigga would try to put me on ice. I ain't never had to chase dick in my life. I want that nasty, that freaky stuff. Live under my bed and keep up. That handsome and girl to let him eat me up. Uh, 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 uh. session across the U.S. and many students are starting to notice some changes in their classrooms. New laws have restricted teachings about race, history, and gender identity in more than a dozen states, and a growing number of books are being pulled from school library shelves. Here's what else you need to know to get up to speed and on with your day. The heat wave scorching the western U.S. is on track to maintain its intensity over the next few days. In California, the operator that manages most of the state's power grid issued an alert calling on residents to set thermostats to 78 degrees or higher, avoid using major appliances, and turn off all unnecessary lights in the evening. In neighboring Nevada, 
Residents also have been urged to reduce electricity usage due to a significant reduction in the available energy supply. The National Weather Service said the heat will end abruptly and unusually in some parts of Southern California after a rare hurricane makes it a close pass by the region. Climate experts say the storm will likely create an alarming combination of extreme heat, flash flooding, damaging offshore winds, and an increased fire threat throughout the day. The two brothers identified as suspects in connection with a mass stabbing in Canada this week have died. One of the brothers was found dead a day after the attacks, which left 10 dead and 18 others injured in Saskatchewan, Canada. The other brother died Wednesday after going into medical distress after his arrest. Authorities said the 10 victims ranged from ages 23 to 78 years old, and all but one were from the indigenous community of the James Smith Cree Nation. It remains unclear what motivated the stabbings or how or whether the brothers knew any of the victims. Police say some of the victims were apparently targeted, while others may have been randomly attacked. A shooting spree in Memphis, Tennessee left four people dead and others wounded across multiple crime scenes on Wednesday. A 19-year-old suspect was arrested after streaming at least one of the attacks on Facebook Live. The shootings prompted authorities to issue a citywide shelter-in-place order as police searched for the gunman. The Memphis Area Transit Authority also suspended bus and trolley service Wednesday, citing danger from the shooter. Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland expressed anger over the spat of violence at a press conference. I am angry for our citizens, he said. The people of our city were confronted with a type of violence that no one should have to face. The CDC is now rolling out updated COVID-19 vaccine boosters following the FDA's authorization late last month. These shots will replace boosters previously offered in the U.S. for people 12 and older and will target both the original strain of COVID-19 and the Omicron subvariants. With many Americans wondering whether they should get the booster now or wait, some medical experts advise getting the shot soon if you've not been vaccinated in 2022 and have not had a recent infection. CDC guidelines say people who have recently recovered from COVID-19 can wait three months from their infection to get the booster because reinfection is unlikely immediately after recovery. Steve Bannon, the former aide of ex-president Donald Trump, surrendered and pled guilty on charges related to an effort to raise money to fund construction of a wall along the southern U.S. border. The New York State charges allege Bannon and three others defrauded donors in the border wall effort, which raised more than $25 million. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office launched a criminal investigation into Bannon's We Build the Wall crowd fundraising activities earlier last year after then-President Donald Trump pardoned Bannon on federal charges relating to the same alleged scheme. Presidential pardons, however, do not apply to state investigations. Today is the 10th of September, 2022. From the Plush Anchor Studios, powered by Spotify, you're listening to Modern Problems, the podcast. Hello, I'm Johnny Benson, and I used to be a Republican. That kind of had the feel of the start of an AA meeting, didn't it? I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. I got off that crazy train. If I were a Republican today, mega Republicans would call me a rhino. Republican in name only. And that's ironic because that's exactly what I think about the leaders of the mega Republicans. Because most conservative Republicans today aren't Republicans. They're not even Americans. Republicans believe in a prohibitive military. They believe in a common sense government. And that there are social programs enacted in the last half century that work, but there are way too many costing way too much. And they believe in the rule of law and free market capitalism. The mega Republicans believe in loving America, but hating Americans. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, speaking of Dr. Fauci. Someone needs to grab that little elf and chuck him across the And Florida Congressman Matt Gates. The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. Nobody wants to impregnate you if you look like a thumb. They believe in loving America but hating its government. Congresswoman Lauren Bobart heckling President Biden. Never the same. Headaches, numbness, dizziness. A cancer that would put them in a flag-draped coffin. 
I know. One of those, one of those soldiers was my son, Major Bo Biden. And they believe that anyone who disagrees with the mega Republican Party has sinister anti-American motives. Marjorie Taylor Greene. The old party is done. The old Republican Party is over. America first is now the only way, and the Trump Republican Party is going to be the party that wins. Most of all, you must never, under any circumstance, seek to reach a compromise that your opponent or do any what Democrats and genuine Republicans both call govern. Sometimes, especially in this body, I feel as though if Christ himself walked through these doors and said what he said thousands of years ago, that we should love our neighbor and our enemy, that we should welcome the stranger, fight for the least of us, that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into a kingdom of heaven, he would be maligned as a radical and rejected from these doors. It is part of my faith that all people are holy and all people are sacred unconditionally. And that is what prompts us to transform because it is unconditional. It's not about that it is up to us to love parts of people. We love all people. There is nothing holy about rejecting medical care of people. There is nothing holy about turning someone away from a hospital. There's nothing holy about rejecting a child from a family. There's nothing holy about writing discrimination into the law. And I am tired of communities of faith being weaponized and being mischaracterized because the only time religious freedom is invoked is in the name of bigotry and discrimination. It is not up to us to deny medical care. It is up to us to feed the hungry, to clothe the poor, to protect children, and to love all people as ourselves. We are equal in the eyes of the law, and we are equal in my faith in the eyes of the world. It's almost hard to believe that Republicans can't get minorities to vote for them. During mega hate rallies and campaign speeches, we've been told that America was founded as a Christian nation and that our founding fathers, if they were here today, they'd tell us. Here's John Adams in the Treaty of Tripoli, as the government of the United States is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion. And here's Thomas Jefferson, that our civil rights has no dependence on our religious opinions. And here's the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. What's more frightening than our perversion of our great history is the sensible, smart, strong Republicans, the very men and women who should be standing up to radical fundamentalism are so frightened of losing primary battles to religious zealots that they've thrown in the towel. So we get this. The church is supposed to direct the government. The government is not supposed to direct the church. That is not how our founding fathers intended it. And I'm tired of this separation of church and state junk that's not in the Constitution. It was in a stinking letter, and it means nothing like what they say it does. It's ironic because the biggest enemy of the phony Republican isn't Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Hillary Clinton, or Barack Obama. It's the man who said this. Heal the sick. Feed the hungry. Care for the weakest among us. And always pray. An ideological purity of compromise is weakness and a fundamentalist belief and scriptural literalism denying science, unmoved by facts or hostile fear of progress and the demonization of education, a need to control women's bodies, severe xenophobia, tribal mentality, intolerance of dissent and pathological hatred of the U.S. government. They can call themselves patriots. They can call themselves conservatives. They can even call themselves Republicans. But Republicans certainly shouldn't. But we should call them what they are, domestic terrorists and Nazis. 
and they cannot survive if minorities are allowed to vote. What's your takeaway about the January 6th committee and Donald Trump's actions? I would not be honest if I didn't say I think there was a seditious conspiracy against the government of the United States, and that's a crime. Led by Donald Trump. By Donald Trump, encouraged by Donald Trump. You know, I was the Secretary of State. I spent, you know, many days on airplanes flying from place to place, encouraging people uh, to have a real democracy. And one of the hallmarks of a real democracy is the peaceful transfer of power. Um, Was I happy when I beat Donald Trump by nearly three million votes, but lost the Electoral College? No, I was not happy. Did I even for a nanosecond think I'm going to claim victory and try to get the Democrats to refuse to certify the election? No. Donald Trump, you're a spoiled man child with a big mouth. You're a fat louse. Yeah, you're a dump of a human with the mind of a monkey on a coke binge. And we all cringe together. U.S. District Judge Eileen Cannon made a point to grant Trump's request on Labor Day and will appoint an independent special master to review materials that the FBI seized from his Mar-a-Lago residence last month. Judge Cannon dismissed ardent objections from the Department of Justice, which argued that appointing a special master would halt an ongoing investigation of Trump for a claim of executive privilege that no longer exists since Trump has left office. In her Monday ruling, the judge blocked prosecutors from further reviewing or using the seized documents in their investigation until the special master that has been appointed completes their review of the confiscated materials. Cannon also instructed the Department of Justice and Trump attorneys to submit a joint filing that was due yesterday that includes a proposed special master candidate list. The FBI search of Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence on August 8th came as part of a federal investigation into whether Trump violated the Espionage Act in addition to two other statutes. Law enforcement agents recovered 33 boxes containing more than 100 classified records. A newly released inventory list from September 2nd also revealed that agents had seized 48 folders bearing classified banners but contained nothing inside them. Considering the lack of a definite explanation for what was originally in those folders and where the missing contents are, the ongoing investigation by the Department of Justice was at a critical stage before it was halted. With respect to the government's ongoing criminal investigation, the court does not find that a temporary special master review under the present circumstances would cause an undue delay, Cannon wrote in her ruling. While many legal experts could successfully argue that this is clearly untrue and that the ruling is completely unjustified, the next steps will involve the Department of Justice appealing the ruling. The Department of Justice initially argued that Trump lacked the standing for a special master because the presidential records were owned by the government, not by Trump himself. The judge dismissed this objection by finding that although Trump may not have ownership of many of the materials, genuine disputes exist as to whether others constitute personal records. While the judge is not stating that Trump has actually entitled to executive privilege protections over the documents that were seized, her ruling results in an obvious attempt to delay the criminal investigation against Trump, while a third party sorts through the documents to tell us what we already know. There's no privilege. Appealing the latest order which appoints a special master to review thousands of files may actually create a more of a delay in the process, considering the possible outcome at the appellate level that carries an air of uncertainty. On the other hand, not pursuing an appeal for what appears to be such a biased ruling that favors former President Trump sets a terrible precedent. Trump appointed six judges to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, a conservative jurisdiction that's now lousy with his cronies. This is the first stop for any appeal. The Department of Justice had to weigh the following options. Was it worth it to spend more time and effort on an appeal, ensuring more delay and potentially getting the ruling overturned in their favor? Or would it be more expeditious to proceed with the process of a special master? who should in all likelihood find none of the documents taken from Trump would be granted privileged status. Either way, all this will likely shake out in a manner that favors the Department of Justice. So who is Judge Cannon? Eileen Cannon, a former federal prosecutor who was the assistant United States attorney for the Southern District of Florida, was only 39 when Trump appointed her for a lifetime appointment. Among Judge Cannon's conservative credentials is her long-term membership in the Federalist Society, an organization that serves as a launching point for aspiring conservative jurists. The sheer number of Federalist Society jurists appointed by Donald Trump 
is the reason this country recently seen the rollback of civil rights protections by every federal court, including the U.S. Supreme Court. Judge Cannon indicated last week that she was preparing to rule in Trump's favor in this case. And the details surrounding her nomination and confirmation, along with the outrageousness of her legal conclusion, further solidifies the fact that Cannon is in Trump's pocket. Judge Cannon did not expressly rule on the issue on whether any of the government documents taken from Trump's possession were entitled to executive privilege protections. Instead, she found that a temporary special master appointment to review whether or not the documents are privileged would not cause a undue delay under the present circumstances. In addition to his request for a special master, Donald Trump asked that Judge Cannon order the return of the seized property back to Mar-a-Lago. In her Monday ruling, Cannon declined to rule on this issue at this time. Plaintiff Trump ultimately may not be entitled to the return of much of the seized property or prevail on his anticipated claims of privilege. That inquiry remains for another day. So just what is a special master? Well, a special master is meant to be an impartial party that assists the judge in overseeing the details involved in a case where there's a lot to review and judges have limited judicial resources and time. This method also helps to preserve the appearance of integrity and bipartiality, as the judge usually chooses a person from a list where both sides involved have approved of the person being appointed. The person appointed is not always an attorney, depending on the issue at hand and the need for specialized representation. In this case, a special master will likely be someone who is an attorney or is very educated in issues of constitutional law and executive privilege. The most difficult task in this process is to find someone who's actually neutral, not just purporting to be. The person will need to look at all the facts and evidence, including the arguments made by both parties to apply the law to the facts and derive the result that aligns with what the judge specifically asked them to review. The special master appointed in this case will review all the documents that were recovered to see if executive privilege applies to any of them. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. Ultimately, this ruling creates a delay in the ongoing investigation by the Department of Justice into Trump's possible criminal activities, considering that we're just a few months away from another huge election where Democrats and Republicans are both vying for control of Congress. This latest halt in the works of Republicans' favor to keep negative press about Trump away from the electric for now. The investigation will ultimately continue. What is unknown at this time is how long it will take the Department of Justice to regain legal access to the materials necessary to continue their criminal probe. So a federal judge just dismissed a lawsuit that Trump had filed against Hillary Clinton and a bunch of other Democrats alleging that the 2016 election had been rigged and it cost Trump a bunch of money. But that's not the most interesting part. The most interesting part I'll get to in just a minute. But first, let's take this step by step. So Trump files this lawsuit against Hillary Clinton, alleging that because she and a bunch of other Democrats brought to the attention of the public that the Russian probe and the Russian scandal had cost him a bunch of money. The lawsuit was beyond ridiculous. Just to give you an example, the alleged behavior that was cited in the lawsuit included racketeering and conspiracy to commit injurious falsehood. So Trump did what he usually does in lawsuits. He takes a bunch of accusations just tosses them in the lawsuit and sees what sticks. This lawsuit was assigned to Judge Middlebrook, who took a look at it and said, there's no merit to this. So the lawsuit gets thrown out and Trump's exactly where he usually is with lawsuits, which is nowhere. But there's another thing that happened in the lawsuit before it was dismissed that's worthy of your attention. In April, Trump had filed a motion for disqualification of Judge Middlebrook, who was assigned to decide the lawsuit. So Trump was looking for a specific judge in a specific court to hear the case. And that's called court shopping. It's not unusual. It's not super ethical, but it's not unusual, especially in civil suits. So Trump had filed this lawsuit in a specific district of the U.S. court system. That was the Southern District of Florida. Does that ring a bell? See, Trump wasn't just court shopping. He was judge shopping because he filed the lawsuit in a specific division, the Fort Pierce division of that district. And the Fort Pierce Division has only one federal judge. I'm going to give you three seconds to guess the name of that judge. If you said Eileen Cannon, you'd be right. And Judge Middlebrook knew that and wrote that in a footnote in his opinion. So while nobody's surprised that this particular lawsuit had been thrown out, I think it's important to note that Trump 
already knew that Judge Eileen Cannon would be beneficial to him before the current motion regarding the special master appointment. Can't make this stuff up. Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis will face off against Democrat and former Florida Republican Governor Charlie Crist in the gubernatorial election there in November. And DeSantis, a longstanding mini Trump, has a new ad out, which with Trumpian modesty, we watch dozens of Floridians giving their thanks to the governor for leading Florida through the pandemic. Yeah, through the pandemic. Listen to a couple of clips. You saved our jobs. And kept us going. They tried to shut us down, but you saved our business. Thousand dollar bonuses. You had our backs. And honored our service. You led by facts, not fear. And you let us decide. You let me go to school. When they attacked you, you didn't cave. You stood strong for Florida. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Governor. Gracias, Governor DeSantis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Governor DeSantis. Now, we heard from a lot of people in that ad. You know who we didn't hear from? At least 80,000 Floridians who died from COVID during the pandemic. Last summer, in fact, Florida had the deadliest Delta surge of any state. In fact, even this summer, as DeSantis gears up for his re-election bid in Florida, fatalities from COVID topped the nation from June through August, three months in a row. 80,000 deaths total on his watch. Now, that could have been prevented with common sense measures like mask requirements or limits on public gatherings or, you know, support for booster shots. But yeah, let's be sure to thank Governor Ron DeSantis. My name is Shauna. My daughter, Ellie, is a patient at St. Jude. You know, when we got here, she says, Mom, I don't want to be a cancer person. So I just sat there and healed her and just told her it was going to be okay. St. Jude is leading the way the world understands, treats, and defeats childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases. Thanks to your support, St. Jude can focus on treatment and research. St. Jude creates more clinical trials for cancer than any other children's hospital and turns laboratory discoveries into life-saving treatments to benefit patients. St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. What is your passion? Cooking, photography, sports? Whatever it is, the easiest way to tell us is by starting a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. You know, being native, I'd love to find me a nice brown, long, braided, indigenous man. Keep that blood strong. But there'll always be that one white boy. I buy a food truck, I park it next to Chick-fil-A, and sell chicken sandwiches on Sundays. I'll call it side chick. <laughs> He's the manager of an inner public, unlike our president, knows where he is. Oh, my God. Look, I'm not going to blame the average American for not knowing what a banana republic is. you got to be kind of a nerd to use that phrase regularly. I am, however, going to blame a literal politician who thinks that when people talk about banana republics, they're talking about the clothing store. It wasn't a raid. It was just a normal FBI tourist. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good joke. It's a great joke. But I need you to stop anyway. You'll have fun and you might learn something. Modern Problems, a podcast with me. If you fucknuts really think that Trump can magically wave his hands and declassify anything he wants, I've got some seriously bad news for you. Joe Biden just magically waved his hands and reclassified everything. I also want to point out that Rachel Maddow never had to call President Obama and beg him to stop a deadly insurrection. Just saying.
to the sounds of the silence that allows for my mind to run around with my ear up to the ground. I'm searching to behold the stories that I told when my back is to the world that was smiling when I turned. Being a wreck of emotions, ready to go whenever you let me know. The road is long, so put the pedal into the flow. The energy on my trail, my energy unavailable. I'ma tell it my silly way, go. Hey, when I fly on my drive to the top, I've been out of shape, taking out the box, I'm an astronaut. I blasted off the planet, rocked the cause catastrophe, and it matters more because I had it. Now I had, I thought about wreaking havoc on an opposition, kind of shocking. They want a static with precision, I'm automatic. Quarterback, I ain't talking sack and pack it, pack it up, I don't panic. Batter, batter up, who the baddest? It don't matter, cause we is your If you're mad at someone for reporting corruption instead of corruption, you're corrupt. If you're upset about people protesting racism rather than racism, you're a racist. If you're angry, fascism is called out and not about fascism, you're a fascist. The messenger is not the enemy. Last week, weirdo is a weirdo. Mark Zuckerberg came to the White House, kissed my ass. Kissed my ass. Losing his mind. What? <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, what a loser. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really have any comments on this this whole in, investigation. Huh? But you always have comments when it comes to stupid things like "don't say gay" or taking women's rights away. But when it comes to a man that you endorsed and supported stealing classified documents, you suddenly have no comment. When leadership is needed, you're running and hiding. Uh, now, I'm no genius here, Moscow Mitch, but, but I'm just assuming that your name might be on a couple lists. Your pockets might be filled with, I don't know, dirty money protecting you? It's almost like you're actually working against the people of this country. Because here's what I know. You run your mouth as often as you can. And I think you're smart enough to know you're on your way out. Or on your way to prison, too. 
Ron DeSantis in Florida, he sent teachers to a civics class. Um, and they were teaching that George Washington and Thomas Jefferson were, were anti-slavery. Ron DeSantis has the idea. Let's right. put it that way. But they, they did own slaves. Well, oh, that, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they they yeah. did own slaves, but, and, but they knew that, you know, that, uh, that Honestly, was, uh, things were different back then. But do you think that it should be taught that they didn't support slavery? Correct. And that, that's the that's that's what the uh, you know. And the, You're saying they did not support they, slavery. They did not. That's that's why I don't you know. know. I, but they own slaves. They own yeah. slaves. <laughs> you guys got to see this latest video about the Lincoln Project. I think this is why Trump is screaming he wants to sue Fox News. Check it out. <laughs> Dear MAGA, we have some bad news. No, not that he lost. Not that your little coup attempt failed and its planners and the attackers are going to jail. No, the really bad news is why Trump told you he lost. Why he set it up way before the 2020 election. It wasn't voter fraud, but it was fraud. Trump told you the election was stolen to rip you off, to sucker you, to take your hard-earned money and shovel it into his pockets. He spent it on himself. Not to take back the White House. It was the biggest scam in political history. Every dollar you sent him paid to keep his shaky business empire and lavish lifestyle going. It was a sucker's game all along. And you know who the sucker is? It's you. everyone, my name is Rebecca Jones and I'm the Democratic nominee for Congress in Florida's first congressional district running against Matt Gates for the U.S. House in November. So, if you're a new follower and you don't know my whole story, once upon a time, I was the manager of COVID-19 data and surveillance in all of our public health data systems for the state of Florida. I did that job well, all the time, <laughs> by myself. I built all of our public-facing data portals, I built our dashboard, Dr. Deborah Burks did a quick tour of the country saying how great it was, even our own Surgeon General did interviews praising my work up until the moment that I was asked to manipulate data and pass it off as authentic to the general public when it was not. I was fired for that. I was attacked relentlessly by the governor of my state, whom I've never met. Um, I was defamed, harassed, stalked, eventually raided, jailed for a day, and then charged with a crime. A crime that, according to the Supreme Court, as of last year, is not a crime. A crime that, according to the Department of Law Enforcement in the state of Florida, is not a crime. A crime that, according to the Department of Health, is not against policy. Several months ago, I received an offer from the state to dismiss the charges entirely. They said it would be in the state's best interest to dismiss it. I had to agree to pay a $100 processing fee, not to get arrested for anything, and um, to say I was responsible for a text message telling people at, who worked at DOH to be honest. I would not do the third part, so we were negotiating on the language of that when I won the primary, which is something that Ron DeSantis and all the people who helped the sham candidate who ran against me didn't count on. Then the conditions changed. I was presented with 14, I think, new conditions, one of which was that I would pay for the raid on my home. So they wanted me to pay more than $21,000 for the officer's time that they spent illegally raiding my house without a warrant and pointing guns at my children. They wanted an apology to the Department of Health, who had been tormenting me and my family for years, who my whistleblower complaint was filed against. They wanted me to agree to dismiss my whistleblower case and to never refile it. They wanted me to delete all of the raw data that proved my whistleblower case after months of trying to convince the public that the case was dismissed, which it wasn't, and that I never had access to the raw data as the data manager to begin with. I went to Tallahassee to speak with them about this, um, and this was their offer. It was a complete 180 from what we had been discussing for months. They knew they didn't have a case. Um, 
And when I was told that I would have to drop a case that they said had been dismissed, delete data that they lied and said I never had access to, apologize to them, pay for the raid of my home, and then agree never to hold a position in the state or a job in the state ever again. And the kicker was, they wanted me to legitimize all of this by saying that it was non-retaliatory, non-discriminatory action because otherwise, if I signed it, it would absolutely be retaliatory and discriminatory. And I told them to go fuck themselves. I would spend a year in prison if it meant that I got to force Ron DeSantis to testify under oath about everything he knew, every lie that he ever told, every person that he got killed in this state. There's something called an apex exemption. If you get a crappy iPhone, you couldn't you know, sue the head of Apple for it because it's assumed that he has nothing to do with the day-to-day -day, you know, operations and manufacturing. It's called the apex. Ron DeSantis just lost it by threatening to try to throw me in prison if I don't drop the whistleblower case and delete all the proof, we can force him to testify under oath. And that's exactly what we're gonna do. Philadelphia's election board prepared to count ballots last year that were mailed in without the voters' handwritten date. Republicans threatened impeachment. Before GOP Senate candidate David McCormick conceded his race yesterday, he wanted counties to embrace the same approach. In a last-ditch effort to close the roughly 900-vote gap with Dr. Mehmet Oz, former hedge fund CEO David McCormick, pressed for updated mail-in ballots to be counted. He finally acknowledged Friday that there was not enough ballots remaining to make up the difference. McCormick had insisted he simply wanted every Republican vote to be counted in a contest that will decide the GOP's nominee for one of the year's most closely watched Senate races. But in calling for updated mail-in ballots to be counted, McCormick put the GOP in an uncomfortable spot. After the party spent the better part of two years deriding such votes as illegal alongside broader embraces of former President Donald Trump's lies about widespread fraud in the 2020 campaign. Now it looks like we'd be okay for something if it impacts the race the way we want it to go, said Mike Barley, a Republican campaign strategist in Pennsylvania who does not have a candidate in the Senate race. The national and state party fought McCormick in state courts, and the U.S. Supreme Court could resolve the matter any day now. In any case, most Republicans believe McCormick would be unable to make up the votes in a recount regardless of whether updated ballots were counted. More registered Democrats vote by mail in Pennsylvania than do registered Republicans, possibly as a result of Trump's baseless smearing of mail-in voting as rift with fraud. Until now, Republican Party leaders have been solidly unified behind the idea that ballots without a voter handwritten date on the envelope must be thrown out. The law, they reasoned, is clear on the point that if a handwritten date on a ballot envelope plays no role in determining whether the voter is eligible or whether the ballot is cast on time. Then, three days after the May 17th primary election, a federal appeals court ruled in a case stemming from a local judicial election last year said that throwing out such ballots violates federal civil rights law. As he tried to find the votes to overtake Trump-endorsed Oz, McCormick argued that every Republican vote should count. And in court, his lawyer, Charles Cooper, told a state judge that the object of Pennsylvania's election law is to let people vote, not play games with gotcha with them. McCormick's pursuit served up a sort of whiplash for Republicans who have threatened to impeach Philadelphia election officials last year after they moved the count to such ballots and accused state judges of stealing a state Senate seat in 2020 when they ruled that the ballots could be counted in that year's election. This time around, however, Republicans didn't blast judges or threaten to impeach county election boards counting the ballots. Not at this point, because it's still in litigation, said Republican State Representative Seth Grove, who chairs the committee that writes election-related legislation. In court, the Republican National Committee and the state Republican Party opposed McCormick. The party, however, was not unified in that effort. For instance, the Butler County Republican Party, which endorsed McCormick, didn't take the side in a fight, said County GOP Chair Al Lindsay. Counties that have already counted and updated ballots without being forced included Republican counties, both big and small. Sam DeMarco, the Republican Party chair in a heavily populated Allegheny County, 
says he's not aware that Republicans have actually changed their mind about the law. Rather, he's heard griping from Republicans about McCormick because they think that's what the Democrats would do. In any case, it's probably better to get the fight out of the way in the Republican primary rather than leave it for the general election, he said. I just want to get a definitive ruling, and personally, I'm happy it's happening now in the primary rather than in November, where the actual seat will be up for grabs, DeMarco said. McCormick's concession sets up a November general election between Oz and Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman. Despite McCormick's concession to Oz, the Associated Press has not declared a winner in the race because of an automatic recount is underway. The Pennsylvania Secretary of State is scheduled to release the results of the recount on Wednesday. Farley, a campaign strategist, said the perception that the party has shifted its stance, or that some Republicans had anyway, sets a dangerous precedent. What happens in November if it doesn't go your way and then you want them to be counted, he asked. Breaking news out of New Mexico. New Mexico judge ordered that Otero County Commissioner Coy Griffin be immediately removed from office. That judge also ruled that the attack on the Capitol January 6th was in fact an insurrection and that Griffin's participation and leadership that day disqualifies him for office under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. This is the first time that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment has been used to remove someone from office since 1869, and this is the first court to rule that the events on January 6th were in fact an insurrection. The not-for-profit group Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington led the case against the Cowboys for Trump co-founder. Coy maintains that he didn't intentionally trespass at the Capitol. Rather, he had gone there to pray with protesters. Jim Ryan gives an angry rebuke of the Republicans opposing the January 6th commission. I want to thank the gentleman from New York and the other Republicans who are supporting this and thank them for their bipartisanship to the other 90 percent of our friends on the other side of the aisle. Holy cow. Incoherence. No idea what you're talking about. Ben Gaza, you guys chased the former secretary of state all over the country spent millions of dollars. We have people scaling the Capitol, hitting the Capitol police with lead pipes across the head, and we can't get bipartisanship. What else has to happen in this country? Cops. This is a slap in the face to every rank and file cop in the United States. If we're going to take on China, if we're going to rebuild the country, if we're going to reverse climate change, we need two political parties in this country that are both living in reality, and you ain't one of them. Every single homosexual in our country should be lined up against the wall and shot in the back of the head. Every single homosexual in this country, everybody in the LGBTQ plus the alphabet mafia, is somebody's child, is somebody's brother or sister. It's somebody's parent. So I tell you what, you Christian nationalists, come after them. You will meet a resistance like you never anticipated. The left is willing to fight. You, you seem to be of the opinion either we were afraid to fight or we can't fight. Oh, that's just not true at all. So be ready for a resistance you can't possibly fathom. And being a snarky atheist, I could go back and say, well, every Christian should be thrown in an arena and eaten by lions. But that would be wrong. I would never suggest that. But come after our kids. The Republican Party has been taken over by white supremacist Christo-fascist. I believe in a far-right authoritarian government. They want to steal your freedom and tell you how to live your life. Christian nationalism is on the rise. We are the Christian Taliban. And we will not stop until The Handmaid's Tale is a reality. Vote blue this November to save democracy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Johnny Benson, and that's another podcast, another week. I'd like to leave you with this closing thought. Using Fox News to support your arguments is like saying you're a marine biologist because you watch SpongeBob SquarePants. Have a great week and keep smiling, ladies and gentlemen.
smiling When you're smiling The whole world smiles with you When you're laughing Oh, when you're laughing The sun comes shining through But when you're crying You bring on the rain So stop your sighing Be happy again on smiling Cause when you're smiling The whole world smiles with you Smiling The whole 